Welcome, welcome to the KOC podcast. I'm your host, Shin, and here we try to discuss the best strategies for Catan and the newest developments in online Catan. Additionally, we try to show you what our community is made of, so you will get to know people from the community a bit more. And we also try to discuss broader topics on Catan, what is the future of Catan, and a lot of other stuff. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And I would like your feedback afterwards. Welcome back to the fifth episode of the King of Catan podcast, already the fifth one. And this time, again, we have a big topic to discuss. So I'm not here with my strategy co-host, but I have three really nice, beautiful guests to talk about competitive Catan in real life. We in KOC here, we mostly play online. A lot of the people in here never played uh, offline competitively. So we want to tell you like what the differences are and just discuss what experience people get. And maybe uh, my guest can tell you why you should also play uh, offline when it's uh, doable in the near future. So I have three guests today. And the first one you already know because she was on our podcast recently. She's a Canadian national champion the reigning and the winner of the last premier league she won yesterday hello trash panda hey hey what's going on shin thank you so much for having me back yes yeah and no problem i think you don't need to introduce yourself because you were already on here you like one of the most successful players in the recent history at least in online Catan and maybe even in canada <laughs> so yeah okay well, uh, thank you <laughs> the second player is also from King of Catan. He is the uh, Danish national champion from 2018 and uh, world's finalist, the incredible 912 player, Real Crate. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shin. Uh, yeah, in real life, uh, my name is Christoph. Uh, and yeah, my greatest achievements offline in real life, uh, would be the Danish champion. Ship in 2018 and world finalist uh, in CU, colonist, and of course in KOC, you might know me as uh, Rear Crate. I'm playing here since uh, September last year, and yeah, my achievements is I reached some uh, playoffs and uh, season final once, I guess. Uh, no, I know. <laughs> uh, on a side note, and maybe interesting for a topic, is that I almost exclusively uh, voice chat in uh, scheduled games. So this might actually be the first time that some of the KOC people uh, hear my voice. So yeah. Yes. That's and me. a fun fact, even though uh, he won the Danish championship, I think he's originally from Germany. Yes. That is another topic for another podcast because it's a complicated <laughs> story. <laughs> okay. I've got, and... a Danish, I've got a German passport, but I'm Danish. So it's complicated. Let's and, not dive into that. Yes. Our third guest is not from KOC, at least not yet from KOC. He is a former Canadian champion. He's a Catan Masters champion and Catan Worlds competitor and like really experienced, like accomplished player. And he also wrote, I think, the 
most successful Catan strategy book in the world. And hello, Mark Oxa. Thanks for having me on the show. Really excited to be here and be able to talk uh, about Catan with you. So yes. on that on that note, I'll say I do have a European passport as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Uh, UK. So it's not really, I guess, European anymore. But <laughs> it's still Europe. It's still Europe. <laughs> <laughs> They're out of the union, though, right? So <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark, did you play? Uh, so you you played a lot of offline Catan for like twenty years or something like that. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so I've most of the games that I've played have been offline. So uh, the game came out uh, in the 90s, and I started playing it in the early 2000s. Um, and, and yeah, it was 2005 when I won the Canadian Championship. And so I've been playing basically real-life games since then until uh, probably until around COVID hit. Um, yeah, so that's how long I've been playing. Uh, almost exclusively... Uh, in real life games, I did play, have played in a few smaller events uh, online, but mostly uh, real life stuff. Okay, so uh, like, what online stuff did you play? Did you play something recently? Uh, I think there was uh, was it the Mind Olympiad? There was an event, ah, the Mind ooh. Olympiad, um, but that was. Uh, there was a frustrating. So at the time that I entered that event, uh, I was on a Caribbean, Dutch Caribbean island. Uh, my wife was doing some medical work, and so we were helping out with the COVID project there. And the internet was absolutely terrible. And so in my very first game, I got booted off uh, and ended up taking a loss. And then uh, I just couldn't recover from that enough to get into the playoff round. So yeah, that was. Uh, What's your CEO name? Uh, it's probably the same. It's probably Oxer. Oh. Okay, I will look yeah. you up. <laughs> uh, so, so you you can stalk him. Yeah, uh, nice to have you on here, especially like uh, that we have someone in here who's not in KOC who like can talk about experience that is like not uh, influenced by one kind of view. Because I'm also I I learned to play Catan mostly in KOC. I played Catan. Uh, with my parents in the 90s. But, okay. Yeah, you know, uh, that's nothing I can be proud of because I think I played really badly. And then I forgot about the game until COVID hit and some friends said, okay, let's play something online because we are bored. And I found Catan, I found YouTube, and I found King of Catan recently. So Wow, I'm such a baby compared to you guys. I literally uh, just started playing, I think, uh, early 2018. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 2018 and I was champ 2019. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Within yeah. a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, okay, you're all babies. Uh, my ga first game was actually uh, in, it was Christmas night 1995. Uh, wow. The game, I think, is from September 95. So you're all babies in my eyes. <laughs> I don't know when when I got it, because, but like everyone in Germany had it. So of course I got the yeah. game, but I only played like a few rounds, and then that's it. And you were hooked. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I didn't play it for like 15 years then until I found YouTube and uh, I was bored because of COVID. <laughs> yeah, and got lucky to play nice games to keep playing in the beginnings.
we want to talk about offline uh, versus online play most likely. I also got a few questions from people. I think we just incorporated them in the discussion because mostly it's about what's the difference between offline and online. And I think we will uh, come to that. So um, one question I had, the first thing was my the, what can't be done right now, but how did you people get into offline competitive Catan? Because for me, it's a board game. You play with friends. But how did you like uh, go to? Did you just go to a tournament because you read about it online, or did you say, "Oh, I want to be a board game champion"? <laughs> I I can yeah, start that... if you want, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, my friends and I we got we got together pretty regularly to play board games. Uh, like I said, late '90s, early 2000s. The main game that we were playing at the time was Risk. Actually, we were playing a lot of Risk, and so one of uh, the groups of our one of the guys in our group introduced us to Catan, and we were like, oh, this is pretty sweet. So we started playing, uh, and we found out that there was a tournament being hosted uh, in Winnipeg, which was the city that we were all living in at the time. So the national championships were being hosted in our home city. And literally, it was just like you said, we just signed up to play in a tournament. Um, and then myself and actually one of my close friends were both ended up at the final table, um, and then I ended up winning that event. So it, And then kind of everything sort of... I guess you could say snowballed from there, took off from there, uh, playing in events. But yeah, it was it was literally just kind of like a hey, there's a tournament, let's go sign up and play. <laughs> and then yeah. it kind of became more intentional after that. So yeah, so I'll go next. Um, I actually, so I literally, I just learned a couple of years ago, and probably a couple of months after I had learned, uh, a friend of mine um, had mentioned, oh yeah, and they do like online tournaments and things like that but one of my clients it was actually a charity event this uh not an online tournament sorry an in-person tournament and uh it ended up being a charity for um sick kids so one of my clients actually had brought it to my attention because we were just kind of chatting about how things were going and i was talking about how oh yeah we just uh start playing this game and she was like well there's actually a tournament just uh two cities away and uh, it was a charity. And she's like, why don't we go? We should go and it'll be fun. And, uh, you know, so I thought, hey, why not? Like, uh, I took one of my other friends with me. And yeah, I ended up uh, doing really well. And I kind of just got a little addicted to it because I was like, I enjoyed the competition. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I want to do that again. So, uh, yeah, it just kind of went from there. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I think I played uh, minor tournaments around uh, 2000, maybe 99, 2000, 2001 or something. Uh, nothing that I actually think, I think it was like more or less private tournaments and uh, nothing that actually could get me to the back then German championship. Uh, I played a lot of games and high quality games with friends and uh, back in the days on uh, playkatan.com. Uh, mm -hmm. And at sometimes I just realized I'm damn good at this game. <laughs> and I think it was in 2015 where I, where I checked, okay, there are actually world championships in this and European championships and stuff like that. So I was looking, I lived in, De still, yeah, back then I lived in Denmark, still doing, still am. And uh, then I was looking for a Danish championship and there was nothing. The last thing that I could find was in 2014 and I was looking in 15 and 16 and 17, there was nothing. And finally in uh Summer 2018, there was a, a Danish championship hosted again. So I thought, okay, this is what I have to do. 
told my girlfriend uh, uh, it was in September. You know, I have to go to the Danish Championship to qualify for the World Championship, and uh, I'm pretty sure that I will do that. My kid was born <laughs> in uh, uh, October the first, and I told her, yeah, you know, when she is uh, three weeks old, I have to go to Germany actually, so you will be alone that weekend. Oh my have gosh. Fun. Um, so yeah, and, and I actually did that. I was so confident that I'm gonna win that uh, Danish championship, and yeah, went to Cologne. You did. That was nice. Yeah, <laughs> and came home and said, "I told you so." When she's three oh, weeks old, I have to go. <laughs> the sacrifice was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it was only for a weekend, so <laughs> and the little one, the little one is good now. Uh, now you're favorite. Yeah, <laughs> and she's gonna, she's gonna, and like it. in sixteen years, we're gonna rock the championship together, I guess. So, uh, not sure how yeah. much Mike knows about it, but uh, uh, Recreate is really a bit famous in the online community because there was a big YouTube video about him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've learned that. Yeah, I learned that. Yeah, we will talk about that maybe a bit later. And think like what I said. The biggest, uh, the most question I got from people before like what were the difference between online and offline play so um when we play in koc online there's already like a lot of strategies established like you know you try to play with all wheat and sheep because development cards are, and cities are efficient longest route game is a bit difficult uh, good numbers are good uh, ports can be good but aren't always and so that stuff like how is it if you play offline what would you say is like the skill level compared to online play oh man it can vary huge uh so i mean if you're sending if you're signing up for a tournament uh so like i've played i'm not sure if you guys you guys would obviously be familiar with eschenspiel so i've played in events at eschenspiel mm -hmm. um yes. and uh forgive my poor pronunciation um but uh the other the other big tournaments too are like gen con so playing a gen con where they have round robin events uh mm -hmm. and because it's such a huge convention and it's an open round robin play you have people from like who are like oh i heard about this game i'll sign up and play to people who are like intentionally trying to uh win a championship right so you have a a huge array of players uh that you're going to be playing against uh when you're playing in round robin play and i i've when i've talked to people about it uh what i've got it likened to is people playing in open sort of poker tournaments and those first few tables or rounds that you're playing in poker is very similar where you have a lot of sort of wild cards or randoms uh and then as the play sort of filters down you're getting to the uh, the more technical and higher um mm -hmm. higher sort of class people i guess uh where it becomes a little bit more uh, out of normal or logical or things make seem to make a little bit more sense because uh, you deal with some really interesting decision making and I, I do touch on that in the book that, uh, that I put together and just to say that it, it, I do believe it is beneficial to play against people who make seemingly random decisions or decisions that uh, the group of us here on this chat wouldn't make because it allows you to be able to play out of positions that you wouldn't normally be faced with and so it actually is going to enhance your cognitive ability and your decision making ability to be able to process a, a bigger range of situations right so mm. yeah I, I totally agree but but you know the strategy in offline in real life katan versus offline katan it's not it's it's still the same strategies you use yeah it's still uh, yeah. it still goes to 10 points you still 
what you told, uh, uh, what you said, Shin, uh, uh, wheat or sheep is one of the best combinations you can get, stuff like that, yeah. Uh, the difference is really somewhere else. It's this uh, sensation of haptic, you know, this experience of sitting at a real table with a real board and real cards and dice in front of you. And, of course, uh, sitting there with real people and uh, yeah. not like just online people or in KOC, we actually do voice chat, but it's more than just a voice. No, it's, it's a face, it's the hands, it's the arms, it's, it's, it's people farting, it's people, uh, uh, you can yeah. see them spitting while they talk and stuff like that, and you have to react on them. Yeah, and, uh, that's yeah. I 100% agree. I yeah. think that's the biggest thing that people who play online don't understand. They kind of, yeah. they think that you can translate online play into real person play uh no. no problem but the reality is and if you ask me and i'm i'm not sure if you guys would agree with this or not i actually find real life tournaments to be challenging more challenging than sitting on a screen and all the information being on the screen for you and being able to scroll up and be able to go back on the dice history and you know all this kind of stuff where when you're in a real life tournament you're having to actually track all those things you're having to like manage your your table um your table appearance we can kind of say like how yeah. people are perceiving you like there's so many elements to the game that's outside of just playing the game yeah there's yeah there's i mean there's tons of stuff that we could talk about right like there's i know of people who will intentionally not wear deodorant when they play in tournaments because they know that they're it's going to make a stink and it's going to be upsetting <laughs> to other players right so and there's just a lot of different things that that you're looking at from a physiological perspective and a psychological perspective like how somebody's breathing pattern changes, how they lean back in their chair mm -hmm. in maybe a defeatist body position or how they're leaning forward like they're excited about something or uh, how their eyes change when they like roll a dice and you're like, oh, they just they just got something, a resource that's going to help them build on their turn, right? And so you're being able to read. There's a lot more, I would say, psychology uh, and understanding of physiology that you're able to read on your opponents that you can't get in in online play and i for me that's part of the reason why i really enjoy playing uh in real life versus online because like i for myself i try to play the jock role but i try to play the dumb jock role so i'm i'm six feet tall 200 pounds and i've been an athlete most of my life so i've got a bigger structure and stature than a lot of the people that i play against and so i come in intentionally wearing like a man united jersey and being like hey guys i love soccer i i can't believe i got here this is amazing like and I play this dumb jock role and people seemingly eat it up a little bit and be like, oh, I don't have to worry about this guy because he's just a dumb jock that doesn't know how to play board games, right? And so there's those pieces that don't exist in in the online play that for me are really enjoyable. So Yeah. Yes. I agree. Uh, uh, Interesting. And, and, and like me, uh, all the things that you said, like like people are nervous sometimes because they're close to <laughs> Because, oh, it was a, it was a bad role again for me. Uh, uh, softened, Mark. Do you fake these things sometimes when you Absolutely. play offline? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah of course Absolutely. you do, right? Like, it's because it's like, like faking it, but also just not showing it, right? Like it, yeah. it's yes. an element of poker where yeah. you have to kind of manage 
Um, you know, I'm Mark, I'm not sure if they started doing things like streaming or recording games, but even if you like record, if you look at the Canadian champion game for 2019, you know, you are literally, I'm sitting there and I'm trying my best not to kind of tell my hands, not to tell mm. people what, like, you know, body language, anything like that. But then you have a character across from me who is literally annoying everybody to the point that if you watch you know the game there's a trade being offered by one of the other players and uh this gentleman responds to it and the player literally ignores him and continues to talk to the other two players being myself um and uh, i can't remember their names but uh so definitely your table image and you know yeah. even when you look mm -hmm. at the chats and stuff like that people are talking all they remember about the canadian national game is this one character mark yes. um, and yes, yes, yes. you know it's really unfortunate i i definitely feel bad for him because of how he came across um but it's it's one of those things where like you know trying to manage the personalities and the characters at your table it goes a long way and i he kind of allowed me to sit back and not have to do anything yeah 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 absolutely oh that's interesting so it sounds like kind of like what mark described like i played Yu-Gi-Oh in tournaments a couple of years ago and i tried to do exactly the same like go there play like the dumb dummy who like don't don't have anything maybe don't uh get sleeves for the yeah. card even though mm. there isn't as much psychological warfare in that game it still worked a bit and yeah in like we in koc like the high quality games are mostly played via voice chat and mm. of course there's a difference between like non-voice chat games and voice chat games and then offline games I think. absolutely yeah because like if at least what I know, like the non-voice chat games, it's just clicking most of the time. There's like nothing, a few things about trading maybe you can abuse, but you know, it's like uh, not as interesting in my opinion. And if you like combine the voice chat, you can try to do a bit of uh, psychological warfare in there, but it's like <laughs> something is missing. And I, I of course know that yes. because also maybe... Uh, you can talk about that. Uh, like, how how big is the community who plays offline, Katan? Do you know the pl players you play against? Because here in KOC, you know the people you play against. And that changes, of course, how you play. There are like two or three players I know who always take all we cheap, even though it's maybe not that good. Mm -hmm. So you try to play around that and maybe take other spots because you think maybe the route won't be cont contested. Is, is something like that possible in offline play? I, I, know, I know that about Johnny. If, uh, uh, we have three, four, or five uh, people here in uh, KOC who actually uh, come to the German Championship, uh, qualify for the German Champion almost every time. Uh, and I guess of this uh, 60 people or something who are competing in German Championship, championship every year, I think uh, 20 of them are the same faces every time. So I think uh, they know each other. but. It's not like that they have played like 50 games with each other. No. Like, know each other, they know how they behave and stuff, but uh, I don't think that you really can do that offline because you don't need the players so much. Mm -hmm. 
it's not like a market cut. Uh, some friends he always uh, are going to turn on that together with, you know. That's something. Different. Yeah, well, I guess there's a there's a few there's a, there's definitely like uh, there's a few friends that and I that always sign up for the for events together. So there's a few friends that we that I know, obviously. Um, and then there's a few players who generally make it to when we're doing things like uh, some of the maybe some of the larger events. Uh, there is similar people or similar names that you would recognize from uh, past events, but uh, you don't necessarily haven't played a lot of games with them or against them. Um, but you do recognize faces or names that you've seen. Um, but yeah, you just you don't get that same contact point or uh, knowledge base of understanding your opponents from in that respect that you would online for sure. Yeah, yeah, I did new so. Um... I obviously haven't played enough, um, in, especially now with COVID, so playing enough in the in-person tournaments to be able to recognize people. But the few that I have played, and even when I ended up going to the, the Nationals, there was quite a few of them who all knew each other from previous tournaments. So mm -hmm. I, I tend to agree with uh, what these guys are saying as well, is there's going to be a handful that you will see who's who are committed will show up every year and try and qualify and and get as far as they can um but i think it's also a growing uh growing group as well it's a growing interest yeah. and there's it, there's always going to kind of be this little revolving door of new players coming in and um you know getting involved year after year as well so definitely yeah. a combination there like my my buddy Paul, he's actually finished second place at the national championships in for in Canada five times. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a very good player. He's just he uh, he's just had. I, when you look back at the games he's played, he really has faced unfortunate circumstances. Um, and yeah, he's finished. I think it's five times now. He's been second place at the nationals for Canada. So yeah, I mean. That's an incredible like feat in its own as well, right? Yeah, yeah sure. Finals, you know what I mean? That many times. At the end of the day, only one can win, but to be able to be that consistent, you know, yeah. it's definitely frustrating, but that's an incredible um, you know, resume right there to be to be able to say, like, you know, five times I keep making it to that damn final table. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it one day. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know there's some people in Germany who make like the top 16 every time, but because in Germany, it's a bit weird. You play cities and knights and the semifinals and finals of the championship. Mm. I don't know why. I don't understand it. And I think it's really weird. But because of that, like maybe you're not that good at that game or not experienced and uh, you, you will lose, but you will still make the top 16 every time. And I think maybe that is like an even greater feat than winning it once. Not to say winning it once is bad, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I thought about, like maybe it's more of a question for Crate and Mark, uh, because Savat, you didn't play after your championship. What is there something like reputation blocking going on? So do people like recognize you and say, "Oh, you won," and then I will block you? Because in King of Catan, it's a bit weird, but this sometimes happens. So, oh, you won that no. game. Okay, I will block you. Uh, I I don't think so. Uh, be, not in Denmark because we don't know each other. Ah, I know yeah. Two yeah. other people yeah. who I know K20. I know uh, uh, 
another guy, uh, the other guy in 2018 who went to um, went to uh, Germany together with me. But oh, okay. we don't know each other. And uh, this is actually a question for both, uh, I think mainly for Mark, because uh, in 2018 when we signed up for this um, for the World Championship, there was a question, uh, what achievements do you have in uh, Siedler of Katan? And it was mm. like, okay, do I want to write this down? Because it, it, it's, in a, <laughs> it's, it's in a small book that every, uh, uh, every participant gets, you know, and then they can yeah. look you up. And it's like, okay, uh, uh, he's Canadian champ, yeah. 2005 and like 2007, and he's been to three World Cups, and he, okay, World Cup yes. finalist, oh, European finalist. It's like, you don't want to write that down, do you? You don't right. want the others, other people to know. And maybe you, after the round robin, that's okay to tell people who you actually are. But yeah, I found it was a little bit strange. But on the other hand, I'm a competitive player. I, I want to show what I have to show, what I've got, you know? I think, uh, that, I think that there's two sides to that coin. I think that there's the side of the coin where it's like, oh man, I, I don't know if I want to tell everybody who I am because I want to just kind of like slide under the radar and be like, oh, wow, I won. I didn't realize that I, oh man, that's great. <laughs> um, but then there's the other side of the coin. And I talked about this uh, to a couple people the other day, actually, is that I want to know that when I sit down at the table that I'm the best player at the table and I want the other players at the table to think that's the best player at the table. And then they're, they, because it can, it, it does, again, it affects psychology, right? So I do that yes. when I play, uh, I wrote about it in one of the, in one of the games that I was talking about, it was a round robin game. I had two ladies across from me and a guy to my left. And I knew that the guy to my left was a player that I had to beat. And so I just intentionally focused my, energy uh in making sure that he was not able to be successful um i did it uh the actually let me think about this yeah the second time i played in a national championship so i think it was in 2006 uh no two ah somewhere in there somewhere around there 2005 2006 somewhere in there uh i knew who the uh former canadian champion was at the time and i just i said like i looked at him i literally looked at him in the eyes across the table and i said you are not going to win this game, and I'm going to do everything I can to make that not happen. And that's exactly, and that's exactly what I did. I ended up beating him, um, and I just like so. For me, that's partly, uh, and I know, I know that I've had people say that to me too. They're like, "Oh, my goal is to not let you win this game," and I was like, "Awesome," because then it makes me have to step up and play to the best of my ability. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think there's both sides to the coin. Yeah, for myself. Like, it's actually something that I do worry about is, uh, you know, obviously with COVID especially, there's a lot of online play. Um, I've done a couple of uh, videos with Catan Studios where uh, they've partnered with Gaghead and I've played Macaulay Culkin and I have a game <laughs> oh. Prince Jr. And, you know, I have all these things where it's like, it's kind of like, uh, it's not like PR, but like... Um, where like my face is just kind of out there and my name's out there and obviously I'm being successful in KOC and in the back of my mind I just keep thinking do I want to keep doing these things because I still have to go to worlds it would have been different if covid <laughs> covid didn't happen and I could just kind of go to worlds when I was supposed to last year um, but for me, I have like this three year gap from winning and mm -hmm. then actually getting to worlds in a time where online play 
and videos and you know all these things are coming out and i'm in a lot of it and it, it's definitely something that sits in the back of my mind where i go should i kind of step back a little bit so that you know i'm not so well known because as much as we want to say you know or at least we hope people are going to play the table in in regards to play the game that's on the table and not necessarily the players at the end of the day we're also playing the players right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um we could have the best players at the table but if nobody knows who they are but they recognize me because from this podcast or you know whatever it might be um you know right away i have a, i feel like i have a massive target on my back so definitely mm -hmm. it's something that like you know especially now uh i do feel like that's something that going forward it's we have to be concerned about the thing is actually we're playing this game and we're playing this because it's fun right yeah mm -hmm. it's not like it's not like that we play in about a million dollars or something it's uh and we will never do katan will sadly or whatever never be that big that we were gonna uh, play about that well maybe e-gaming is growing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, i'm not sure, not sure about katan but there was one but, tournament about one thousand dollars right from colonists one thousand dollars yeah yeah but, you but, know but, but still, the yeah. thing is we are playing for fun right yeah and uh, yeah. on my part i think actually if i achieve something i want to show it actually because mm. it's like okay come on and uh uh Saf, do all this stuff with with uh macaulay Culkin and uh all this <laughs> stars uh, like because if you think it's fun do it yeah and absolutely. don't don't care so much about your reputation uh that well, anybody yeah. might uh that anybody might uh, uh, see you as uh, put a target on your back because of that. Absolutely. And that's actually what I ultimately had decided. Yeah. So, um, you know, I because like you said, ultimately, it's about having fun and enjoying. Right. But obviously, the competitive side of us always kind of, you know, <laughs> wants to still be competitive and it'll be my first time to Worlds and you know, as much as I love the game and, and it is fun for me, I also want to go and be competitive and I want to try yes. to be successful, yes. you know? So, so yeah, it's definitely like a fine line that, um, you know, you kind of uh, tread along. But yeah, ultimately I decided that it's about having fun and enjoying the experience, including having the title um, and playing players like Macaulay Culkin and Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> and things like that right so yeah yeah i i agree like i uh so different game but i've played in the monopoly national championships as well um and <laughs> it was, that. that's awesome <laughs> i oh my gosh it was so frustrating so sort of on this note where they did a whole like sort of like they had a big table in the middle of this room and they were calling people's names and they'd like follow you out with the spotlight to the table and they'd call the next person out and it was like a big okay. production and stuff and while we were backstage about to be called out, the, one of the guys looks at me and he goes, he's like, you've done pretty well at board games. Hey, I looked, uh, I looked up a bunch of information on the internet about you. And he's like, I was like, uh oh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah. And so, I mean, it's available out there too, if people want to look for it as well. Right. But, um, um yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's fun. I would say enjoy the 15 minutes of fame as well right like i got to play against some yeah. celebrities in the when i was they did some celebrity games and for that monopoly championship and i was playing against a guy who hosts like a big tv show here in canada and i was just like 
like you're terrible at this game, but it's kind of like fun to say that I played against you, right? And so I think you just really enjoy those opportunities, right? I I actually made a commercial in Denmark. And now you <laughs> yes. can, and now try. <laughs> and uh, I know uh, I told that Ray uh, David from uh, KOC and uh, he actually told me try to look it up but everybody out there try to look it up Christoph in Denmark commercial. I won't tell uh, what commercial it was but it's out there on the oh. internet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, I I will try to look at that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's that nice but, um, Okay, you can. Uh, I have one question. After that, you can. I have, because I, I would like to go uh, one step uh, 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 behind what you're saying. Uh, because what what is different of online versus uh, uh, offline Catan? And the thing is that we talked a little about is uh, you have to roll the dice. You have to hold the cards in your hand or lie it on the table. Actually, you have to track the cards of your opponents. Mm -hmm. And by that, I don't mean uh, I don't mean uh, like uh, how many sheeps are out there or something. I mean actually, how many cards do your opponents have? Does he have five? Does he have eight? And stuff uh, like that. Yeah, how many yeah. death cards are there? How many knights are out there? Because you have yeah. to count them. Because there's nothing on your screen that tells you that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that is something you really you have to focus on it because that's one of the most important parts in this game right to keep yeah keep track of the fucking knights out there yeah, yeah. because well, he, you have I, to take a look at that absolutely and i think that's going to be something that people who've only played online and they're mm -hmm. so used to that information being free um in front of their face on the screen scroll ability you know they can just kind of scroll up i think that's going to be the aspect of the game that people who are translation transitioning from online play to offline play will struggle with because mm -hmm. they don't have that experience um of being in a competitive setting and having to juggle all that information because that's definitely a skill being able to juggle all that information during each player's turn and not having a card count um you know of any of those things so yeah. yes yeah yeah i i i I can only compare that like to uh, the difference between online poker and real life poker because I've done both and I also think it's like a lot different and I assume Catan is the same. One thing someone asked me and I also had a question um, in online Catan it is uh, um, people really often do crazy deals. Um, there are some players that uh, tried starting to do deals. Like at first, it was like, "Oh, if you if I don't block you, will get you give me a sheep." Uh, extortion, if I don't yeah. yeah, yeah, extortion deals. Person, but that's it. But I also think, like, uh, yeah, from what I've seen, that people will start to use that stuff. I know, like in the US, there are already some players who try to uh, do these. Uh, creative deals. Or how how would I call yep. them? Yeah, uh, yeah. Not, and it, it, I think it really is also dependent on the country because I talked to one German tournament host and he told me in Germany, uh, I think some of the stuff isn't even allowed according to German rules. Even though, like people asked, uh, like Catan Studios in the US and something else, and they said, yeah, it's totally okay. But of course, they are not binding. Right. No, because every tournament host uh, make their own rules. 
Yes, yes, yes. And and it's yeah. also like I know in Germany people don't like to talk a lot in uh like uh like at least not the table talk kind of talk stuff. Another thing that uh, people told me, the Germans who particip participate in the uh, German and German uh, championships uh, like three, four, five times, they told me after uh, Catan Universe, uh, people don't trade so much anymore. Mm. Uh, and we think actually because Catan Universe is still not good, uh, uh, but before uh, this wildcard trade, the trading system of Catan Universe, it was really 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 bad so ah, that people yeah. actually stopped uh, trading with, with, with each other it's like one or two mm. times per game that you actually have a successful trade and uh, they said that actually if you play the small tournaments uh, qualification tournaments in germany it's like okay people they, they trade less than they used to do mm. you know and oh. so yeah uh, also there uh, online has a big big effect on effect on um on offline okay Uh, that's, yeah, but in the that, same, in the same really sentence, true. the Germans told me, the Germans told me, like, yeah, but those guys, they don't qualify for the German championship. Uh, Because, yeah, it's trading is the essential part of this game. Yes, if not yes. Maybe yes. the most important. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, maybe, like, uh, one of the two or three last things uh, I have on, the, on Offline was Online, like, um, do you think like do do you guys play different strategies online and offline like just talking about the board not about the social aspects mm. just uh, on the board no not really no. No. yeah to be fair like the game's still the game yeah right so you still have longest road you still need to build cities and get development cards and you know get settlements down etc etc like the game's still the game um yeah i think the elements that change is how you interact with the game. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That's the biggest difference with your online and offline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would totally agree. My strategies maybe don't necessarily change. Uh, I would say that I, uh, with what you just said, I probably do trade less uh, in virtual games because I can't be bothered for all the mouse clicking and all that other kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yes. Yes, of course. Whereas when and, in real life, it's really easy to just talk, talk things out. And, um, and you can actually have a conversation about the trade as well. And so where I can say like, oh, you didn't want that? Well, how about this? Whereas when they reject the trade and you're like, oh, I got to click around again. And it's like, I can't be bothered with this. Just pass the dice and I'll yeah. deal with it. And right? So, time and if two, you, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, one thing, if, if you don't VC uh, in, your, in your online games, uh, you can't, Uh, make an offer to the uh, uh, player whose turn it is. Right. And uh, ah, you can do yes. it off offline all the time, you know? Uh, yeah. As long as, the, as long as the player is involved, you can yep. make yeah. offers to him, you know? And yeah, you can't do that without VC. Right. Yes. Actually a problem. Back in the good old playkatan.com times, you could do that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never played uh, Playcatan. Yeah, I heard a lot of good things. <laughs> uh, one more thing I had on my list to talk about are the maybe not so nice things. So uh, in KOC, in online Catan, from what I know, like uh, lying is something that is part of the game. But if you lie, you get sanctioned. Like... Uh, People will tell you're a liar and people won't believe you anymore. And the next game, they trade, don't trade with you and so stuff. So lying in KOC is not incentivized yeah. at all. It's the same. As, fuck it. 
Yeah, and the same is with <laughs> with like king making or maybe even cheating. Not sure how cheating goes. Like if someone streams, you can like look at the cards or something mm. like that. Yeah, how is That's it in offline play? It's, it's all this. It's all this online thing. If people like, hey, do you have a knight in your hand? Or is it a VP? It's like, I don't want to answer this question. And offline, I've yeah. never been asked that question. It's like, mm. and, and, and then, yeah, I will win the next round. Uh, if I tell him that I have a VP, I won't. Uh, it's like, <clears throat> what to say, right? And I think just, I, I think, think yeah, actually it depends Lion, on what... I think life should be okay. Uh, or it is yeah. okay, uh, but you have to live with your reputation. Yeah. That's I guess it depends like on how you're going to say, oh, he's a liar. It's like, well, whatever. One over yeah, you. I, I guess it depends on how you're defining lying, yeah. right? Is is omitting the truth lying? So if somebody asks me, do you have such and such for trade? And I respond, no, I don't. Uh, even though they said, maybe, do you have wheat for trade? And I have wheat in my hand. And I say, no, I don't. I, I'm I'm responding to the question by saying, I'm not willing to trade my wheat. You mm -hmm. could interpret it as me not having wheat in my hand, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. maybe what I'm trying to get you to do. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think so, that would be fine, and on, at least like in the online community I'm in. I think people would say, yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, so I think it depends on how you're defining lying. If you're just outright, uh, I mean, if somebody says, is that a knight? And it is, and you say, no, it's a road development. Uh, I mean, for me, I'm totally okay with doing that in a game situation because it's a hidden card and I don't have to tell you what it is. Right? Yes. So, yes. So, so I think the, the things people, at least in the online community, I am in get uh, angry about us. Like uh, when someone, what, like people fight for longest route and they try to give someone uh, routes to take the longest route away from a player who's winning. And then the person says, Oh yeah, uh, you, it doesn't matter. I don't have any VPs. And then he has two victory points and he builds a route and they win the game. Like, yeah, see, I don't have a problem with that because if you can't, if you're not switched on enough to figure out that that person potentially has two victory points, then and you should fault. be trading with them in the first. That's your own fault and your own problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I and I, I don't, I wouldn't say that like uh, it's a really bad thing, but in the online community, it's frowned upon because yeah. you're playing with them all the time. Well, and but there's so much, so many playing with a group of friends if you are sitting with your friends and you know you lie to them and you're playing at least three games an evening let's say like two three times a week right and you get this reputation for lying it's it's very similar yeah. they're gonna the next time anything comes out of your mouth they're gonna be like you know what mm -hmm. close your because i don't believe anything you're saying so it's it's the same in online play and that's what i mean by also online play and in-person play is totally different because yeah you're not playing with these people on repeat on a daily weekly mm -hmm. basis you're seeing them maybe once a year twice yeah. a year uh like in qualifiers and then you know maybe at a national tournament etc right so yeah. there's so much time and space in between your visits that Quite honestly, you don't remember, you know, necessarily who lied to you. You might just remember, okay, how does someone make me feel? Oh, when yeah. I see, you know, this person, you know, oh, they were so annoying to play the last mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So now when you sit mm -hmm. down at it, but you're not going to be like, yeah, it's totally different. You, uh, online play I find is like playing at home with your friends. 
Yes, yes, I would agree. I would agree. And yeah. I th but but I think it's difference between playing online in a community and playing online in a tournament like the MSO tournament we talked about. Yep. I think that's totally different because yeah, because again, that's a tournament where it's a one day, you know, two three hundred. Where even in KOC, there's a handful of people that like there's what over fifteen hundred players yes. in there now. Yes. I think. Almost Quite 16. honestly, I probably play with the same 20, 30 players. Yeah, same, <laughs> same, same, same. And that massive pool, right? And so, so to be fair, even that's what I mean by even though it's online, I'm still playing with the same people on repeat. Mm -hmm. So, uh, did any of you encounter any cheating in an offline environment yet? No, like uh, playing to develop. Yes. Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, uh, look at uh, look at the semi-final to 2018 where I didn't participate. It was uh, 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 Marcus who went on from that. Uh, if you watch that match, and I would really, really not recommend it because it's uh, three hours of painful uh, experience. <laughs> it's so slow. It's so slow for an offline event. It's really, yeah, <laughs> it's a bad experience. I've never saw the whole damn thing. But uh, the one player who actually slowed everything down, he played two fucking deaths in one turn. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. And nobody nobody uh, actually realized it till after the game. Oh, Not even the judge. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's bad. Or was that just like a genuine it, possibility? I, I, because yeah. he was just that slow? Maybe. That I don't know. I don't know. Uh, right? So you can ask uh, if you if you play Marcus in the Premier League, you can ask him. <laughs> so I've got two two instances of uh, I don't know if cheating is that I would describe it as per se, but uh, so again, my buddy, the, the guy who's been to the second place multiple times at the national championships, he was in a finals and he actually just picked up his pieces and walked away from the table um, because there was two people that were colluding. Uh, they were. They were friends, and they were colluding so that one of them, uh, uh, one of them would win. And he literally just like he said, "I'm done with this. You guys are colluding. It's blatantly obvious what's going on." And he picked up his pieces and just walked away from the game. <laughs> um, yes, and then, nice. uh, same guy. <laughs> so this was at the Canadian National Championships in like 2017, or I think it was 2016, oh, 2017. Wow. He he was at the final table. And he was at the table with, I think it was, it was a husband and a wife at the final mm -hmm. table. And he was like, they're colluding. They're clearly colluding. And there was one point where uh, there, one of the spouses, uh, they did a verbal, hey, I'll show you what my development card is if this and this and this. And they slid the development card across the table, flipped it up, looked at it, and then slid it back. What? And I was like, that and I was like. Much. Right? Yeah. No, so I lost it. I was like, you can't do that. That's not allowed. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, as a spectator, I'm totally losing it because I can see my buddies getting screwed over. Um, and he's complaining. And the one of the players at the table uh, had said, oh, no, this was done at the World Championships. It's been done at the World Championships. And uh, they allowed it to happen. Um, what? Yeah. They allowed Whoa. the judges at the tournament allowed it to. Excuse me? Yeah. It, the it was judges at the tournament. The Canadian Championship? Yeah. I believe it was, uh, and the judges at the table allowed it to happen. Um, it was just a, it's just a disaster. And so it, my buddy ended up finishing second, uh, and then the husband, I think, got first, and the wife got third. <laughs> oh, 
Which wow. year? Because we could Whoa. look that up. Which year? Uh, I'll have to take a look. I'll ask my buddy about it. But there is, there is. So Tell those are the two sort because of I would like to know how how far that is. Bowser uh, went in the world. The tournaments that I played in, um, you know, like everyone, you have a group of friends, you're like, oh, I'm going to this tournament, let's go. Um, and we went and I ended up winning that tournament. But one of the ladies, because they knew that I had come with obviously a few of my friends, felt like um, I had colluded with them wow. and they were uh, like they were allowing me to win or whatever it was and i had to actually and i'm not like that i'm one of those players where like and if we are all sitting at a table i don't care if we're friends or not that's outside of this game mm -hmm. i want you to play the game right like be fair and it's funny we went into the records and i'm actually glad this happened in hindsight um the first game i played the way they had scheduled it, it was actually myself um, and three of my friends at the same table, the very first game. Whoa. And can I tell you, that was the game that I got four points on because all my friends like just ganged up on me because they knew I'd, I'd literally whip their asses at the game otherwise. So I, I put my hands up. I said, no problem. You think we colluded? Go look at that first game. Because that first game would have been an easy way for me not to have even made it into the semifinals because my friends are a big pain in my ass. Yeah. You know, uh, if, if the game would have... Glad they played like that, but we I don't care if you're my my wife, my mother, my father, <laughs> my sister, whatever, and we're sitting at a game together, especially in a competition. We're there to play and have fun, but also compete, and we need to be fair to the other players. I will never collude at a table. Yeah. The game didn't go went like 10-9-9-9, you know. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. Up, I mean, I even then four points. Yeah. Yeah, um, and one more thing, and it's not cheating, but uh, um, Mark asked about that before we started about king making. How would that in mm. online play? Because an uh, offline play, because in online play in King of Catan, king mating is not allowed. There's a rule that is just not allowed. I think a lot of <laughs> online tournaments do that. Mm. But sometimes, if you play like, for example, Catan Universe uh, to try climb climb the ladder. King making can be good because if you get second place, you can get some elo points. But if you get fourth, you Ooh, will lose. Elo. A lot. Oh, precious so. elo points! <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I think actually, it's it's hard if you're in a round robin, robin round robin round robin round. How do you say? Uh, then I actually think round robin in the round robin. I think actually you have to do it at some point just to. Make sure sure you get the eight or the nine points, you know. You know if the player to your left he will or she will win uh the next turn, you know, you have to make points. Uh and I yeah, think I... actually we should we should uh, think about that in the Premier League if 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 I think in Premier League it's forbidden, right? I think it Finn is and, uh, yes. I, I, I think, think the is. rules uh, state it's forbidden, but I think actually you should uh, think about that. The yeah. thing is, I uh, find because... it's hard to monitor. Like, how can you how can you really say, "Oh, you did that trade, or you made that move because you're trying to king make"? Right? Like, 
at the end of the day, um, you know, trades and all these kinds of things are, it's really to your own discretion, whether you want to make it or mm. not. Whether someone agrees with the trade you made is irrelevant. If I want to make the trade, I'm, I'm free to make any trade that I, I wish. There's no rule around what trade is suitable and what trade is not suitable. Yes, mm. I know what you're saying, but I think there are some trades all of us can agree. Like in the Catan universe, I once got a trade, I got eight resources for one, for example. Oh, <laughs> you know, like that people oh, like giving up. Angry they're... at some guy. Yeah. 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 Something yeah. like that. And, and so, that's. A... Go on. No, I was just going to say, I, I think that there's a, I think there's valid points on both sides of the argument in that I think it depends maybe on where you're at in the tournament, for example. Uh, so if it's in round robin play and, and like what, what Craig was saying is if I know that somebody behind me is going to win on their turn and I want to trade to somebody mm. and say, Hey, I can trade and you win on your turn. So this person doesn't win on their turn. And I know that I'm going to end up with eight or nine points and it's going to screw them over from, and maybe end up have them end up up with seven instead of whatever it is. Right. I will do that because it's going to affect my tournament rankings and allow me to be get a better rating um, and get a second place finish rather than a third place finish. And if that's the like if that's the situation where it's absolutely this person is going to win, um, I will make a trade so that I could take that uh, second place. And maybe that's the kingmaker side. Now on the flip side of that, the 2013 Masters event that I was fortunate enough to be able to win. There was a one of the players at the table got to nine points with all of his city's settlements um, mm -hmm. and what have you, but all of the dev cards were bought, and he was blocked in and could not expand. He literally could not build anywhere, so he was capped oh, wow. at nine points and couldn't buy any dev cards, and so he had a stack of resource cards, but he couldn't build anything, and he literally had to sit as the dice went around three more times around the table until I eventually won. Um, I... I would like to take credit in the fact that I was made the final build to block him in so that he couldn't expand out. But uh, he just said that he refused to trade. Like, he was just like, I'm not going to be play Kingmaker. You guys have yeah, to yeah, figure it out amongst yeah. the three of you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I um, think that's really fair. I think that's, that's fair, fair, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just that's, like, every time it's different. Like, I, I agree with Savat and I think it was great too, that maybe in Premier League, you got to think about that. Because uh, for Mark, in Premier League, you play like five uh may and no i think eight round eight. robin rounds yeah and like in the end the people with the most wins and then with the most points go on so yeah. and most of the time like the points matter if yeah. if you don't have like five or six wins in eight games so i think then making that stuff in my opinion is okay in the normal koc season like king of Catan season where you just play it it's not yes. primarily only the wins That's count so it doesn't matter if you get yeah. second or third. So there I can see why kingmaking is not allowed. I think there should be differences in that. Uh, yes, and also because it could be possible there are bodies or double account, actually, you know. So, uh, yeah, definitely in the normal yeah. season games, uh, kingmaking should be uh, totally banned. But yeah, maybe I... we should think about that in Premier League. Yeah, and that's just it, right? Like, in a in a real tournament, situation um i shouldn't say real like in an in-person tournament um situation right if someone's blatantly you know not trading with anyone else but doing like three four five eight cards like shin said trades with one person then it's like okay that's super super obvious 
But I remember in one tournament, um, I was accused of king making because I accepted a four card trade for one, but the four cards were four sheeps. I was bringing the other player down under uh, eight or nine mm -hmm. cards. And for me, I had a three for one port. So w the deal was, well, I need two cards. Well, the only way I can give you two cards is if I do something like four sheep. Um, you know, you can three for one the one, and I needed the sheep. And so I did that trade. Something ah, like yes. Something like that. It makes sense what I'm doing. I have a three for one port. Yeah. You see that? gonna trade it i'm bringing the other player down under um because quite honestly they were my road not my road competitor but my competitors road competitor that i didn't want them to lose their cards because i need them to continue to compete that right. is not ah, uh, right okay. you know what i'm saying so i think yep. there's a fine line that people don't understand yep. but i got accused of it in that game everyone they the well, it was really just the other road player was up in arms that I did this trade um, and they felt like I was colluding and I was king making and all this and yeah. that. We called the I judges. They obviously said no. But so I think there's a fine line that people need to understand the difference in what king making actually means and yeah. what a really good beneficial trade is. Well, understanding that higher thinking, right? It's there's, yeah. you're thinking on a higher level. You're like you're understanding the game on a higher level and processing it differently uh, that maybe others aren't understanding. That makes it perceive have them perceive it as a king making move, right? Well, and that's just it. This individual was really, really young. Um, I think he was just at the cutoff to be in the tournament. He was uh, his uncle was there, his brother, his father. Mm -hmm. um, and it it was an experience, actually. And after the game, I, I did go over to him and his family. Um, and I just kind of talked to them and I tried to explain to them, like, you know, uh, a little bit about the move and why I did it. And And I just I patted the kid on the back. I said, look, like I didn't mean to make you feel in any which way right um but i think you're playing great and i i hope you stick around and don't allow this to be like one of those down moments because it was actually a semi-final game um so i ended up knocking him out because i won that table uh, um mm -hmm. yeah so that's why he was also really passionate about it as well but i i tried to um, I tried to still take the time to kind of encourage him to be like, hey, look, you're really good. But, you know, there definitely is an advanced game and and there's still just a, a middle ground game that you're playing. But take this yeah. as a learning of, you know, how other players are going to think and how other players trades could be beneficial. So, yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And that's why Catan still is fun and is like not solved or anything because there is like no one can say like the move you did is bad like sometimes you can but you know what I mean like there's like so when many... you build on a nine twelve port perhaps <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay um, we have two more things we have two more things we want to talk about do we want to talk about that now because I hope that nice, uh... it is a perfect segue <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Let's do it. Great. You can. T That's so me. you are really, really uh, famous because you played 
in the world championship and you placed on the 912 at a point of time and because and i'm in this commercial yeah <laughs> yes no. and and you also got criticized by the biggest katan <laughs> youtuber because, huge because mistake. of that yes. huge mistake yeah click uh, huge mistake yeah, and of course, uh, since since I started here in KSC in September, actually this video that uh, uh, he made, uh, that Dylan made, uh, was actually why I ended up uh, playing KSC because nice. then Dylan talked to K20 and then K20, K20 is from Denmark as well, as you know, and then uh, K20 uh, discorded me, messaged me in Discord and said, hey, are you that guy, bum, 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 from the semifinals and the, the Danish semifinals 2019, uh, this guy who talked a lot and uh, was drunk, Sounds like me, yeah. And uh, <laughs> then he said, uh, start playing KOC. Yeah, now, now I'm here, right? Uh, and I heard a lot of time from people. Uh, uh, I had to explain myself a lot of time. So uh, let's try to make this the last time I have to explain myself. But I would like uh, uh, I would like uh, Saf and uh, Mark maybe to tell their, tell me their opinions first. Yeah. But then I can tell them why they're wrong. <laughs> well, you, you never know. Maybe I agree. <laughs> with you but <laughs> Maybe you agree. Uh, i'll start so i looked at the board so i actually just right before the podcast i hadn't uh i hadn't looked at this game until uh shin had and you guys had kind of brought it up that we'd be talking about it so i i did go uh and have a look at it and stuff like that this is the thing i don't necessarily i'm on the fence about it i don't necessarily disagree with your with your position mm -hmm. um because at the end of the day how like to me when i look at this board i think oh no brainer 5 4 11 is where blue is gonna go and he's gonna point to the 5 10 absolute no brainer right so when i mm. look at okay sure the 6 12 is a risk right but at the end of the day i'm going before red and i have an automatic road i'm sitting on a on an or poor i should be able to get to the 6 11 12 hopefully uh, you know, I can luck out with another 12 real quick and I can build before orange gets there at least like, you know, gather a trade or whatever. It's definitely, I don't deny that it's, it's not risky, but in a situation like this, I also, um, think why not? Like it's, it's definitely the risk to take, or you just kind of go five, four, 11, um, and block blues, very good spot. Right. So, and you're on the sheet port anyways. Um, but I don't, so that's what I mean. I'm not necessarily against the move. I can totally see what you're thinking to do. Um, get the six, the four sheep with the port, you have the 11, eight, you're going to double up on the 10 and you're hoping to just kind of sit there and, uh, buy development cards and run away with the game. Right. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would agree with Sarf here that when I looked at it, I don't necessarily think that it's a, a bad decision. Uh, I, I wrestled with would I have done it, would I have not done it. There's probably situations where I would have done it, and maybe this comes to some of the real life versus uh, virtual stuff. I would be trying to also read the players a little bit and be like, what do I see this player doing, and how, how do I kind of start reading it that way? Uh, it's I, I can't believe like we've all probably thought this like it's mind-boggling at what blue did for their placement yeah. uh in some aspects like you can't you couldn't have predicted that blue was no. going to do that 
uh, in the way that they built to block you. And so you can't take that into account for whether the placement on the, the 912 port was a good placement or a bad placement, because you can't anticipate that what that happened with that blue player there. Um, so the I think that a lot of people would suggest that the 4 or 511 is a, a, maybe a good option, uh, knowing that blue is probably going to take it, although we know now that they didn't. But yeah. um, one of the suggestions that I posted into the chat, and as I thought about it more, and I still think about it more, and as I'm staring at the board right now, I still question the 6311 and just go huge on sheep. So you own every one of the sheep tiles uh, with one road and a settlement being needed to be built to get to that sheep port. Um, and was just one of the thoughts that I had and would have maybe been a consideration. Now I realized by doing that, you're really sort of boxing yourself into the middle of the board. And I just as a personal strategy, I hate, I hate playing the middle of the board for that reason. Uh, you would have been in a race with both orange and red to get out towards the coast. Um, but you would have basically had free reign. Uh, and I said, if you built that flux capacitor, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that term, that flux <laughs> yeah, capacitor yeah. strategy of uh, off your, off your um, first placement there, you would have had two settlements on an eight, two settlements on, a, on the wheat, and then four sheep with the sheep port. And it would, just been, it would have been a license to print development cards um essentially right so i i tend to think that that might have been the strategy that i would have gone towards um but like i said i'm not i don't think that the 912 port was as detrimental as it's maybe been out to be made on social media so um yeah that's that's social media man and what you were thinking and i can understand the gamble that you were willing to take absolutely yeah um, so i don't necessarily hate the move um i actually hate blue's move <laughs> me too i would criticize yeah, blue yeah, way yeah. more yeah, than I what red than what you did actually in this video he, he he says huge mistake and he means both of us both white and uh Jose, who's blue yeah, yeah. I, I i think blue blue has no chance of winning this game after that no exactly. he ended uh, a second Almost no chance. Almost no chance. You know, Katan, everything. No chance, no. Ultimately, Katan. ultimately, I probably would have taken the five four eleven to take that position away mm -hmm. from you, um, and then myself just kind of pointed up to the ten five and hope yeah. that would when they roll a brick, um, I can just kind of trade with them, um, and get the brick that I would need anyways in order to get over to the sheep port and just kind of focus on development cards and stuff like that and then i have space on the bottom to be able to expand and join roads if i need to anything like that right like i probably would have pigeonholed um i probably would have taken the 5 4 11 but like i said i don't hate your your placement i can definitely understand why you did that um if i hate anyone's placement i would say i hated blues yes yeah <laughs> yes i agree <laughs> so so can I say something as a moderator about yeah. it? I, I would have I I think I would have never placed a 912, even though I think I would have thought about it. Uh, just because I as a player, I'm maybe overvaluing production a bit too much. And that the I think uh Dylan has two big uh, downsides of your play. The 61112 is not guaranteed. I think that's right, but it's like I think it is, but Mm -hmm. uh, no, no, not guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed in Catan. But I think you will get it like eighty percent of the time, or eighty-five. I think the only yeah. way you don't get it is like if uh, 
yellow tries to race you to the 3611 even though he shouldn't he should go somewhere else first but but you know I think real crate gets it because he convinces everyone else yes. that he's a better player <laughs> to get it yes i think so too i think so too. they like 80% but so it, it's oh, a ahead. bit slow like i think 912 is just a bit slow in my opinion yeah so so you, you, you lose a lot in the beginning and i i agree with marky i would have taken i think 6311 or maybe six, eleven, twelve. If you don't want to get boxed in, and if so, you want to start with a break, yeah. Great. If you wanna, if this helps you at all, uh, I texted the buddy the picture uh, of the board to my buddy, the one who's been second place at nationals yeah. multiple times. And his first response, I said to him, I texted him, I said, "Where would you place your second placement if you were, uh, if you were uh, white?" And his first response back to me was nine, twelve, or. Boom. Uh, the nine, the yeah. nine twelve warport is his first response that he texted me, and then he texted me a few responses <laughs> back saying, "Maybe I would consider this. Maybe I would consider that." But my first, res- his first response was the nine twelve port. So. And that is actually how I play. Uh, I'm a uh, very intuitive player, uh, uh, <laughs> and I don't think so much about uh, the stuff that I do. But um, most, mostly, I can explain it afterwards. Why I did stuff. Right. Yeah. But, uh, in the in the moment, I'm just doing stuff. That's how I play. I think, and uh, I think we can. Yeah, and so that's how fun. Do you feel about it, Crate? Uh, I would still do the same thing. Uh, now, uh, like two, two and a half years later, I would still do the yeah. same thing. Uh, most people say I should take uh, the three uh, six three eleven, uh, either the three sheep or uh, six three eleven with the or. I would have chosen or or uh, and that came uh, uh, later on and you two guys actually agree uh, four five eleven because there I also get my extra wood. Yeah. The thing is that I think none of these spots are winning spots, and if you look at Orange, who actually came out as a winner in this game, is so strong, is so mm-hmm. ridiculously strong that. Uh, uh, I just thought I can't compete with him if I don't do something, uh, yeah. I don't know, extraordinary. No? Yeah. And uh, I definitely think that I would have won the race to the 6-11-12. Orange mm. would have maybe tried the 3-6-11 because I've got brick. Uh, uh, I only need one settlement and uh, that I have the ore uh, port and the 8 on ore, so I actually I have 3.5 uh, dots on the brick production, you know, so every tenth roll I will get a brick for this uh, final settlement. And after I am on this six sheep, I can do whatever I want in this game. Uh, just going to the sheep port, uh, city up uh, four, ten, eight, and just uh, rolling out there. I think I would have had the best chance of winning this game as soon as, as I have the uh, six, eleven, twelve. And just yeah, I, think I could everyone just sit there with blue um, yeah. in this situation. And and and, yeah. and I could sit there on all this sheep in the world, like on the three six eleven. But I think I would be so slow to actually go to the sheep, come to the sheep port. But as soon as yeah. I have the sheep port, I actually have a target on my back, and then I have mm-hmm. yeah. a, I have a knight yeah. either a, a robber either on the ten or the eight most of the game if they don't block the other eight you know uh, yeah. or at yeah. least uh, 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 like the other people developed 
411 is a little bit better just because you still get the wood. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. still get the wood. Yeah, but, uh, it's the same uh, with... I, I don't like my number there. I don't like to have a 4, 5, 8, 10, 11. I don't see that as winning numbers with yeah. only a okay. sheet fourth and nothing, no other this whole com This whole conversational is what makes this game awesome, right? Yes. Yes, yes. right? <laughs> I I to I totally agree. Like all this stuff. Okay, maybe can I can get a wood? And like my thought process was maybe you just take six, eleven, twelve. So you have mm. like an easy settlement spot. You start with a break, and the wood should be gettable through red because red has so much wood. Or and orange. I think that's what, yeah, or orange because trading for the brick would be difficult. That's why I can see you are saying yeah, yeah. maybe I need to just uh, two for one the ore, and because it's the ore ports, it's doable, and that's. That makes the game really interesting. The only thing we can all agree on is that Blue, for yeah. some reason, maybe didn't like you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it took him a long time. And uh, uh, I, I told him uh, two, three times. Afterwards? Uh, one more time? I was just saying, by any chance, had you had a conversation with him afterwards to be like, what the hell, man? Like, why did you do that? Uh, no, actually not. Uh, even if he, if he writes... Uh, uh, write a little bit in a uh, messenger uh, he never answered that question i, I asked him oh, I, I would so like <laughs> I to know because I, I told him i told him during the initial settlement before he settled i told him if you place there you fuck up both of us yeah and he really did uh, he managed to get a second uh, place but uh, that is by because his first three death cards were uh, uh, vps Mm. Uh, uh, okay, I was gonna say there's no yeah. way he got second with his placements. Yeah, no, yeah. three VPs. But, That's but it. But if he takes like five for eleven, he has a I, like he's not the favorite, yes, but, but he has a chance to no. win. Yeah. But the other thing is, I can see uh, where he comes from. I think uh, he comes from. Okay, I get that brick port uh, pretty fast, and then I have uh, my eight uh, or I got my six sheep. I got a five and a ten that and a twelve actually that I can. Um, um, ship off to get uh, some wheat, and then I can yeah, be in the death card game. But you're so slow. You have no wood. Oh, no. Yeah. I think I know. We, yeah, yeah, I think we all agree on that. But yeah, or eleven five. Of course. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys agree with this or not, but I think this was Blue's game to lose. I, if he had gone five four eleven and then over to the ten, had the brick port. Um, I just yes. don't how he loses this game had he taken that position i, st I still like uh, a third position to where do you stop him from you know what i mean like yeah, it, it, yes yeah orange sheep, still would have been decent yeah yeah orange i think it depends if if orange for some reason can get six three eleven i think orange is in the winning position but yeah I think red would then uh, at the 6, 11, 12 before orange can yeah, yeah, I think, get to I, I, I think 11, so too. right? I think yeah. so too. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting game then. And that's the yeah. fun thing about Catan. Like, I like analyzing boards. I have a few people I like to talk boards about, and we say, if he does that, then I do this, and he does that. But you know what happens? Today I played one game, and I think I... Uh, we played with our timers. I look at the board. Okay, if I take this one now, I will get this one in the end. And then someone in fourth position played uh, like weirdly. I wouldn't say it's bad, but nothing you would I would have thought about. But that made the whole board to look totally different. And that's why Catan also is fun because uh, mm -hmm. not everyone thinks the same. 
Cause no, no, no. Not, not everything is like a first player is there, second player is there, third player is there, boom, yeah, boom, yeah, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom. No. And because we've be... got different mindsets. Yeah, you can try and figure out, okay, what's you know first going to do? What's second going to do? Uh, yes, yeah, so, some, and sometimes it's, it works, and it works more if you play like a really high competitive game in online environment where people think like you think, but it doesn't work always. I have one more thing I want to talk about. We're already talking a bit more than I figured, but it's okay. Uh, Mark? You yeah. wrote. You wrote. I think the most successful Catan strategy book in the world, from what I know, at least. Um, can you tell us a bit, like, why did you decide to write a book, and how was the process of that? Yeah. So, I I think it might be the the best selling Catan book on Amazon. I'm not sure. Uh, okay. Uh, other than that, but I know that it it does have it has ranked higher, and I think it does have more sales than some of the other ones on on there. Um, it could be a price point issue. It could be a variety of different things, but uh, it, it has been successful and I'm happy with that. So when I was in college in late 90s, early 2000s, um, one of our professors encouraged us to make a sort of like a a dream list or a goals list, a bucket list of things. And one of those things that I'd put on the bucket list was to write a book. And as the sort of phrase goes, write what you know, uh, I felt like what I knew was Catan. Um, I struggled with writing. So what ended up actually happening was I wrote probably about 95% of the book. And then I sat on it for three years before I actually yeah. published it. Because I just had this fear of failure or this fear of like, if I put this out there, I know there's a lot of people who play Catan and study Catan. And if I put this book out there, it's open to criticism from everybody. And like, I'm just worried that people are going to sort of crap on it or come down on it. And like, um, there was a little bit of that fear of like, what happens now when I actually publish it and how people are going to respond to it. So I sat on it and then I just kind of came to this point of like, uh, I actually read a book written uh, about something, uh, another uh, activity that I participate in. And I read the book and I was like, man, like if this guy was able to publish this book, uh, I can publish my book. And I don't mean that as a shot to him. His book is really well done, but it was just a, as a moment of encouragement for me. And so I went back to the computer mm -hmm. um, and I started going through that process of like, okay, what do I actually need to do to publish this? Do I contact a publisher? Do I do this? Do I do that? Um, and so I reached out to a couple of people who had published their own materials, self-publishing stuff, and reached out to them about how they did it. They suggested to go through the Amazon route to do that. So I started kind of trying to figure out what it was process to do that and uh, to upload the documents and it's pretty straightforward uh, once you get into it it's pretty straightforward to be able to do that and so that was good um, and yeah so then I, I went on there and uploaded the document and uh, yeah put it up for sale on Amazon sales were initially were almost exclusively family and friends who uh, bought the book at the start uh, uh, but it's been going really well uh, I did do uh, an advertisement with uh, YouTube uh, mm -hmm. through one of the, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that or not. Or yeah, yeah. There was an ad advertisement that was done together. Um, and it it probably helped a little bit with sales, not as much as uh, both of us would have liked to have. The click-through rate was, wasn't as high as we'd hoped, but 
Uh, the past three months, I've been averaging about six hundred to seven hundred dollars per month in sales of the book. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so that's been good. I mean, uh, it's been good. I've been happy about that. It's been for sale now for just over about a year and a half now. It's been for sale in total. Um, it's got pretty good reviews on Amazon for the most part. Uh, so there's a couple things that people have mentioned, like maybe some grammar or spelling pieces that could be adjusted. And so I've cons- I've want to take their criticism from people who are genuinely saying like they appreciated what was written, but uh, there could be some corrections that are made. And I want to take that to heart and produce something of better quality if uh, possible. So there might be a version two coming out. Um for that and then i've also had some people message me personally and say hey could you maybe expand a little bit more on things like initial placements or could you expand mm-hmm. a little bit more on this right so i could there a version two uh is kind of in the works uh for to be able to be released with that said there's also another Catan book that i've uh, recently started working on and we discussed it briefly in the chat and I can talk with you guys maybe a little bit more about it offline because I don't want to give away too many secrets yet but uh, there's another uh, sort of Catan book that I've been playing around with in my mind uh, and I've started working on over the past well, couple weeks now uh, that I would I think that would be beneficial or helpful in the community as well uh, but it's very different than than this piece oh I can't say very different it's correlated to this piece um but it uh but it it talks about the the game in a different aspect uh it has to do more with um intentionality of player development so how are you actually knowing if you're becoming better at the game mm-hmm. uh and so it has to do with intentional player development uh and that's coming from my background i've spent most of my life or professional life i guess has been about 20 years now as a professional sport coach um and so I'm looking at how I can bring some of those pieces into this world. And I think that the Catan community, the way it's where it is placed right now, is open to maybe some of those pieces and understanding like, hey, how are, if, are people actually getting better at this game? Or is it by accident? Is it on purpose? And like, why, are, why is it always the same 20 people that are at the top and, and what have you? And so just really trying to mm-hmm. see if there's a way that I can help facilitate whether you're good, mediocre, or advanced of the game, and becoming even better than where you're currently at, but in an intentional manner. So that's mm-hmm. where I'm kind of trying to go with the next book. So, okay, that's yeah. interesting. Um, because yeah, yeah, that would be actually something that I would find interesting. And uh, uh, I read your or I listened to your book on my drive uh, to and uh, from work. And uh, the thing, what you're doing is like putting words or putting the things that I know into words, you know. Mm. But uh, I was actually back there, you write in the start that in uh, 2005, you actually were looking everywhere, all over the place, all over the internet yep. for some more information about Catan, some more uh, yep. information about strategy. And yep. uh, the fun thing is, I did the same in 2018. After I qualified, I was like, okay, there must be something, there must be something there. But I found nothing right. that I actually think that... Uh, uh, opened up a new chapter mm. uh, it only like your book it uh, put words it put the thing that i know into words okay uh, like you know this uh, four or five big strategies and then of course the uh, hybrid strategies of it and uh, where to point your road and 
yeah. what uh, what resources are the most valuable and all that stuff like that. But yeah, so I think I maybe hate... where the point of differentiation would be is when I talk in, uh, in the chapters about the different types of intelligences. Where yes, like... uh, and that and that is interesting. That yeah. that I think myself I can use. You know, hmm. and uh, and that's maybe that's maybe because I'm intuitive player and that's actually both my strength and my weakness. Uh, mm. I don't read so many strategy guides anymore or, or watching tricks or, or, or Dylan's uh, YouTube videos because I, I don't feel that they give me anything because mm. I think the story, the, the story of physical, physical study of strategies is told. And the right. only story that left to tell in Catan is this uh, psychological about yeah. uh, how players react in certain situations. But uh, yeah, that's a question. Do you think that we are done with strategy? That at, at some certain level, uh, are you so good that uh, you can't learn something anymore apart from the uh, psych uh, psychology, psychology uh, 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 thing about so, this game? I think that's a really good question. I think like even in the discussions that we had with uh, the board that we talked about there the 912 or place or the 912 port mm -hmm. placement we had a pretty good discussion about it and i think that there's a limit to the yeah like you said maybe the different types of strategies we we did discuss earlier in the podcast about the potential of how maybe some of the extortion tactics or mm -hmm. those types of pieces are coming into the game those aren't necessarily changes they're just becoming more prevalent in the in the community, I think. So I don't think it's necessarily a change. I would probably agree with you that there's the knowledge base around what's happening is right now is kind of at its peak. Like it's not like chess where people are coming up with different types of moves or strategies or techniques mm -hmm. or tactics. The game doesn't have that sort of complexity to it because there is still an element of dice rolling and it is sort of limited in its capacity. But like you said, there is, I think, value in understanding the psychological piece of the game mm -hmm. um, from both. You can, I think there is ways to do it from a digital perspective as well as in a real life perspective. And then the ability to grow and understanding in those areas. Is, so how can I read my opponents? How can I like maybe fake body language or do those types of things? There's those pieces. But aside from that, what, the piece that I'm sort of proposing would look like is what does, if I want to become a better, I'm going to say footballer because you guys are European, mm -hmm. so you'd understand it. So if I want to be a better footballer, um, there's intentional things that I will do to become a better footballer, right? And there's intentional things that I will try to strive for and achieve for to be mm -hmm. better at that. Yeah. And I think that there's things that Catan players could be doing that they aren't currently doing that could advance them in their play using um, sort of training, not just, I mean, maybe, maybe training is the right word, training tactics that are used in other realms like sport that people could be using to intentionally improve their game and then lean on those tactics and strategies mm -hmm. that you know of. But then how can I now take it and go, was at this point in my game, for example, was that the right decision? And how can you, quantifiably because that's the piece that i think is really important how can you quantifiably analyze your performance in a game so that the next time you play a game you can say 
oh, that's what I did differently. That's what I did better. That's maybe what I didn't do as well as. And now going forward into my next game, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to try to win. That's my primary objective. But my secondary objective is I'm going to try to improve this portion of my game. I'm going to try to control my breathing better throughout the entirety of the game. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm going to be focusing on as a training piece, right? And I think that that's the element of the game that uh, Catan players could be using to develop themselves further that maybe hasn't been utilized yet. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think I have a different opinion than uh, my Danish friend. So, okay, I think strategy-wise, there isn't so much more that is... uh, like new it depends on what you would count new so i thought like a game where there were like some creative traits like oh you have a sheep port i give you three sheep and you port them for me and then you trade back and stuff like that so it depends if stuff like that is new for me it was new but for some people it isn't but yeah yeah, not so many new things can be found because katan is in its core a simple game rule one yes yeah, but yeah. I still think, and I want to learn how and why. Even in King of Catan, where there's like distributed knowledge, everyone can watch the YouTube videos. Everyone knows mostly the same strategies. Even there, there's a skill difference between players. There is like a lot of good players, but there are some players that are really good, and some people that are a bit worse than good. So how, wh- why? Are these players a bit better? Is it just because they n- have more experience and know how to implement the strategies? And that's what I want to learn. And so I think Catan is like not a soft game yet, but of course there are games that are like a bit more difficult. But we're well, only to- talking about base game, of course. Uh, yeah, and so I think that that's partly where I tried to differentiate my book. Like, I know that there's a book actor out there, and he's actually from another Canadian who grew up in the same city that I grew up in, and we've played a few games against each other. He's got a book out there. He's a KOC, too. <laughs> uh, he's got, I think his book is like 500 pages, right? Um, and it's very specific scenarios and saying, this is a scenario, this is how you kind of deal with this scenario. And I think that there is some value in that, but what I tried to present and what I tried to present as a coach and from my understanding of spending a lot of years in coaching is that I don't want athletes that are given a specific scenario and then go, oh, this is how I solve this scenario using this solution. Mm -hmm. What I want is, so I want players who have tools and then are given problems and then they're able to use the tools that they have to be able to solve various different problems. And so what I was trying to hopefully present in the book that I wrote the first time was, I'm going to give you some general sort of pieces of information, but I want you to try to understand that what I'm trying to provide you is tools so that because you're going to be faced with a variety of different sol- problems, and I want you to come up with a different solution. So create your solution to build the 912 or port was your the use of your tools to solve that problem, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't mean to say that your yes. solution was right or wrong. And we talked about maybe you built on the, maybe we could build on this one or maybe we could build on that one. It's everybody mm-hmm. drawing on the tools that they have to come up with their solution to the problem. And I mm-hmm. think that that's, um, that's where I really want to focus on. I don't want to present people with specific situations and say, what would you do here? And then here's the maybe the right way or the wrong way to do that because I don't necessarily agree with that mentality. I think that the best way to go going forward is to say, here's here's the tools. How can you best equip yourself and how can you solve these problems? And so maybe 
to Shin's question and answering your question, why there's some players that are like good and that are really good. And there's some players that are good, but are kind of like, meh, is that they're able to, they maybe either have more tools in their toolbox or they are more mm-hmm. efficient and better users of those tools that they do have in applying it to a solution to a problem. So yeah. that's maybe maybe uh, my my uh, my psychology background is starting to <laughs> play too much here, but no, that's so. that's totally fine. I think it's really interesting listening to that. Yeah, and to all these different reasonings, because I think everyone kind of has a point, and uh, you know. Uh, Maybe uh, the next goal is not to learn more strategies for Catan in base game, but what I say, maybe it's for other game modes. Because from the KSC perspective, I know like cities and knights is something they try to figure out right now. And when I started playing that, everyone thought, okay, you need to go for the green metro metro first because you get the aqueduct that's more production and now they kind of figure out that if you go for the yellow one the yellow are the best cards and maybe Mm. in king of Catan games with the meta game everyone going for the green one and people with the green ones are being blocked a lot maybe you go for the yellow one first because you get better cards and i think that's really interesting to figure figuring that Mm -hmm. game out and that's the same discussion in, in base. It could be like, okay, do I, do I really want to go on this eight? Because that's a target for everybody to block. Uh, maybe I take yes. a nine instead, you know? Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. I think I've never won a game, funnily enough, because I only play online, when I play on six, five, nine, or we trip. <laughs> I really never. I think I only did like three or four times, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen so often, uh, luckily or sadly. I think we unfortunately talked a bit too much, but I think it was really, really interesting. So I just wanted to keep it going. I think people can listen to this the podcast in two goes or something like that. It's, it was great having you, but I think uh, I would like to come to a close. I learned a lot from so all much of more you. to now, say. we can do like another podcast like around two if people are interested in it or like talk about other topics that's so much stuff that can be discussed in Catan and it's not about only about uh, strategies it's about like what happens with Catan in the future is one question how will the movie look like yeah Uh, what is can Catan be in esports what can be changed for do that like so many different things you can discuss and that's uh, Mm -hmm why I'm trying to do that podcast and also alternating between like talking strategy, talking broader topics. And yeah. Um, thank you for having all of you in here. Does, if any one of you has something to say now, you can say it. Like uh, maybe greet someone. I don't know. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just uh, I was just going to say thank you, Shin, as always, for uh, having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. I had fun. Yes. Uh, what, uh, one more thing to say about uh, guys and girls and uh, whatever, monarchs. If, 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 if you go out there, if you only have played online, if you go out there playing offline tournaments, buy one dev card at the time. Don't uh, pay yes, for two. Yes. And uh, do every little thing that can give you the slightest advantage out there because it's it's a hard world. And uh, <laughs> like uh, Mark also writes in his books, uh, don't choose red as color. It may yeah. matter. 
uh, maybe maybe just one out of thousand games, but uh, that might be uh, the game where it actually matters. Yeah. That's yeah, my I last guess... words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last words would be that I would just want to thank uh, everybody uh, for the awesome community. The I've spent a lot of years within Catan at various different levels and had the opportunities to meet a lot of different people, and it's just been a huge blessing in my life in so many different ways. And I just want to give a shout out to everybody who I've been able to play with, connect with, participate with. Uh, the community is absolutely amazing, really positive. It's great to see it continuing to grow. And I'm just really thankful to be able to be part of it because it's been really life-giving for me. Hmm. That's, that's really nice. One thing I want to say, uh, please shower if you go to real life tournament. <laughs> you know, we all want to have fun. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, like if you've only ever played online, um, obviously COVID life right now, mm -hmm. uh, definitely when all this stuff kind of gets lighter and rules are loosened and we're able to get back into uh, in-person play, definitely give it a try it's a don't be overwhelmed it's a completely different experience than the one that you'll have online um but it's definitely worth every moment it's it's an absolute blast and i can't wait till we're able to play in-person tournaments again yeah, yeah amen yes yes i i will do that uh, i'm looking forward to it i hope that may uh, maybe this year germany's mm -hmm. a bit slow let's see <laughs> So thank you for having all of you in here. And for the listeners, again, if you have any questions, you can message me on Discord. You can write a comment. You can do everything you want. And uh, we will try to incorporate your feedback into the next episode. Goodbye. <laughs>